Happy Friday, and welcome into the sixth episode of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Van Handel, and in this episode, I will be doing a week's recap of the biggest uh, happenings in the sports world, uh, two of the three portions of this show for this, this episode of my podcast. We'll be on that, and then the third and final uh, portion will be kind of a preview uh, to the NFL games this weekend in the divisional round. So the first segment, I will talk about the James Harden trade in the NBA, and then the second segment, I will give my thoughts on the NFL coaching carousel as far as there have been some moves for the non-playoff teams uh, in the, the NFL that decided to relieve their previous coaches of their duties and hire new coaches. So I will give my thoughts there. And then also uh, the last uh, portion, like I mentioned a little bit ago about uh, doing it on the weekend uh, preview for, for the big weekend of, of division around football in the NFL. And uh, also additionally, uh, I will have a separate episode for my podcast with a special guest uh kind of going over uh those games uh those four games over saturday and sunday two games per day uh and going over those in, in detail uh getting into the meat and potatoes so to speak of those games giving some predictions and everything else but without further ado talking about the james harden trade so james harden was a member of the Houston Rockets, and he got traded to the Brooklyn Nets. It was a four-team trade, so it ended up being pretty wild, and a lot of moving parts involved. Uh, and before I give the trade details that were reported by Shams Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski, uh two of the top NBA insiders in the media. Uh, I would just say James Harden had been rumored heavily to be wanting out of his situation in Houston. They had given him many opportunities uh, to try and get an extension. Uh, as far as that goes, I think he was locked into his current deal, but they also wanted to keep him around in Houston forever. Uh, as far as being a lifelong Houston Rocket, but things didn't uh, progress as, as much as they wanted to. They didn't have as much success as far as they had a few trips to the playoffs, but they never got as far as they wanted. And uh, were definitely a very good regular season team, but didn't bring it uh, at a high enough level in the playoffs. So they decided to part ways. And the situation, I mean became kind of toxic there was friction between the the two sides and Harden uh pretty much wanted out I think it's uh comfortable to say it's been rumored and well documented within that NBA media uh that he wanted out and he got his wish and he will get a new start with the Brooklyn Nets and he will team up with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and uh, everybody else that they got for the Brooklyn Nets as they look to be a top team in the Eastern Conference uh, for this year and probably many years to come as far as uh, the, the new-look new Nets under first-year head coach and former NBA player Steve Nash. But uh, the details of the trade, again, reported by Sham Sharania and Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, a 
what turned out to be a four-team trade. Uh, Rockets got Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodius Kuroks, three first-round picks from Brooklyn, a, another first-round pick, and uh, four pick swaps. So a boatload of picks. Victor Oladipo, a pretty good player um, in his own right, uh, and a young player in Dante Exum who has a lot of potential, but he's been kind of hurt by injury, and unfortunately for him, he's had some injuries, but he still has uh, should have a bright future if, if all goes right for him. And then uh, Rodios Kurix, I believe, is a younger player in the NBA, uh, kind of more of of a of a role player which is still very good uh, anytime you can have uh, those kinds of players um, you definitely take it and the Nets get James Harden and then the Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second rounder and then the Cavaliers uh, jumped into the trade and received Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince so the Cavaliers have a lot of centers. They have Andre Drummond. They have Jared Allen. They have a bunch of other uh, centers on their team. They had to wave a center uh, in Nathan Maker, the former Milwaukee Buck, to make room for uh, the players that they got in the trade. And uh, they are very center heavy. Uh, and that's just kind of their the makeup of their team. I mean, they have a lot of other players on their team, but they have a lot of centers uh, too in their own right. So, uh, but the Pacers, uh, they get Karis LeVert, a young player, played at Michigan in college. Uh, definitely a pretty, pretty solid player. Uh, player was still with a lot of potential, a lot of room for gr- growth. And then the Nets obviously get James Harden, who, which is who they wanted. Uh, and then Rockets get, Victor Oladipo, those two other players, and a boatload of picks. So for the Rockets, they got rid of James Harden, who really didn't want to be there towards the end of his kind of stay there in Houston. So they got rid of him, but they also got something in return for him. They got a bunch of picks and a few uh, players who could be very useful uh, to them uh, as for for right now, too. So they, they kind of took care of the Current situation as far as trading away a player who wanted out and got the players that they got, and then also the future, they have what they already have for picks, what what's left for picks that they have, and then a bunch of other picks. So I think the Rockets made up pretty well in this trade and um, definitely did very well. The Nets got what they wanted, and then the Pacers um, definitely kind of a playoff contender in the east uh got got a player uh that they uh probably coveted very highly uh so pretty good trade all around uh for for all teams four four teams involved and as for how this projects out for the nets and their hopes of pursuing a finals championship and and going into the playoffs the nets have Three very good players, three of the best players in the NBA, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. And James Harden and Kevin Durant used to play with each other back when they were with Oklahoma City. So they should be very uh, good as far as a team. But I will say, although they should be probably a top team, top four team in the East, maybe even number one, they'll 
probably be fighting with the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, who still have a very good shot of, of getting their number one seed still in the East, uh, as they have been the previous couple seasons uh, that, that they've uh, had their really good seasons on uh, the regular season. And then a few other teams, the Celtics and uh, a few others as well. But the Nets also are are going to win games uh, just because of the fact that they have three of the best players in the league. But they're also going to have potential depth uh, issues, I, I would say, probably. I mean, th- they have good players on their bench, but I don't think if you look at their bench altogether, it's, it's as deep as you want it to be as far as uh, players go. So we'll have to see. I mean, they could be very well uh, balanced and everything throughout their roster uh, to make a run and, and be still very good uh, as far as depth. Uh, and, and certainly that's not going to hurt them as far as getting a top four seed, getting a top two seed uh, in the East. It's just, how far are they going to get in the playoffs? Are they going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, or, or uh, are, are they going to get to the finals? Uh, kind of how how far are they going to get in the playoffs? And they did trade away some very useful players in that four team trade. I mean, in sports, in order to get a, some some player or players or picks or whatever the case may be, you need to give away stuff in a trade to get a highly coveted trade return back. So that's part of it too. And I I think that if you look at the trade after the fact, just based on the fact that they have those three players at the top of their roster, three fantastic players, they probably should be favored in the Eastern conference and be the favorite to to be the, the number one seed in the East. But We still have a pretty good portion of of the NBA season to go. And then it'll be the playoffs. And there's a lot of factors, too. Also, you could look at the fact that, hey, the Milwaukee Bucks were the number one seed uh, in the East. I mean, I I think they're kind of fighting out for right now. They might not be the, the number one seed right now. But it is still, we're in the very early stages of the season, a lot to play out as far as that goes. But they were the number one seed, and they have a lot of the same core players uh, back for, for this year's team and the following season's teams as far as that goes. They have some new some new role players too, uh, but you also have to look at the fact of the, they've been the number one seed. They haven't won the finals, but they've been the number one seed, so... Until somebody beats them out for the number one seed in the regular season, you have to also give them credit, too, for for being that. And that's not everything. Obviously, you want to win the finals. That's the ultimate goal for any team. But I'm just kind of uh, bringing that aspect into it as well. So that's kind of a breakdown of the trade and the Cavaliers, uh, their end of it. I mean, I already kind of covered it, but. They're kind of still in rebuilding mode. Uh, they're in a transition process, kind of still figuring out what players are, are going to stay, what players are going to go uh, as far as uh, showing their organization and, and their coaches and everybody involved who's necessary for the future, who's not. Uh, because with, with a lot of those players uh, in those situations, you have to look at the fact of, 
they may be rebuilding, but a lot of those players in sports still have to go out, obviously do their job and show not only the team that they're on that they can be around for the future, but also maybe other teams too. Uh, and maybe j- just showing the fact that obviously they belong in the league and and, and they, they have a place in the league, which is why they are as good as they are. So that's kind of the Cavs look at it. The Pacers sh- still should be a pretty good team in the East. Uh, probably will finish within the top five, top six uh, in the playoff uh, kind of competition for for the for the Eastern Conference as far as the bracket goes. And then the Nets I already kind of talked about and uh the Rockets uh, still probably will be will be a pretty good uh team as far as they won't be a top tier team in the West. And granted the West is very loaded so it's it's there's a lot of teams in it. So the Rockets will be fighting for competition but they still do have some very good players on their team uh that are still there John Wall DeMarcus Cousins, to, make, to name a few. So uh, they're getting Victor Oladipo and, and everything else. But also, like I mentioned before, they're kind of planning for, for the future too, uh, with a, also obviously keeping their eye on the present, as well as um, Christian Wood too, another player that they have who's really uh, coming on really well. And he probably is the front runner right now to win most improved player of the year. So... That's kind of a breakdown of the trade, and I wanted to break that down because that was very uh, noteworthy as far as there was a lot around it, and rightly so. Uh, it was it was a blockbuster trade, and uh, definitely a uh, trade that uh, took over the news uh, within the, the NBA media uh, earlier this week. So. That's a breakdown of that, but in the next uh, portion of this episode of my podcast, I will go over the recent coaching moves uh, in the NFL and kind of give my thoughts uh, there as far as the NFL coaching carousel, and then I will wrap it up in the last segment uh, with a kind of look look ahead to the weekend as far as the divisional round in the NFL playoffs. So that's all coming up after this short audio break. For another episode of Big A Sports Show. And it's available anywhere you get your podcasts. Stay tuned. Moving ahead and continuing on another portion of another episode of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Manhandel. And in the first portion, I, I gave a breakdown of the Nets trade uh, for James Harden and uh, kind of the impact of that towards the rest of the NBA, the, the teams that were involved in everything. But in this portion, I want to talk about the NFL coaching carousel and the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Some of them didn't retain their head coaches, so they need new head coaches. So with that in mind, there have been a few uh, coaching moves made uh, recently this past week. Uh, and I will first begin with the move that the Jets made. So ESPN's Josina Anderson, ESPN's Adam Schefter, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, and a bunch of other people have had uh, this story in the NFL uh, within the media of the Jets hiring Robert Sala, the former now defensive coordinator of the 49ers. So the Jets will get a 
what should be a needed boost, especially in the defensive end uh, of things. I mean, you look at Robert Sala's work with the 49ers, especially this past year, a team that was injured and a lot of things that happened as far as a lot of their high salaried players. Again, as I've mentioned on previous episodes of my, of my podcast back when I did the, the previews for the games in the NFL regular season, talking about the 49ers, a lot of their high salaried players were hurt. And Robert Sala certainly had a lot of good talent on hand, but maybe a lot of his top players, as far as the top players on their roster, their depth chart were hurt. So they had to get the most out of their depth and their depth, certainly talented players, but they were depth at the time and they were able to maximize all the talent uh, on hand and uh, really do well and really give some playoff teams uh, and some not playoff teams, some teams who didn't make the playoffs where the 49ers played spoiler at the end of the season where they weren't going to make the playoffs and they kept some other teams out of the playoffs. Uh, but even the teams that made the playoffs who they're, they're competing against really gave them a tough game. Uh, they didn't back down and uh, they, they really played well. Uh, they kept their foot on the gas pedal all the way through. And uh, they knew that they were making the playoffs, but still, they didn't say, all right, the season's over, we're done, we're not going to win, uh, or we're not going to make the playoffs. They still uh, finished up the season right and uh, kept that motivation level uh, game in and game out. So the Jets uh, definitely have Sam Darnold on hand. He's shown some very good things in the NFL, but he's also struggled a little bit too. Uh, sometimes a lot, a lot of the typical uh, young player uh, ups and downs uh, going on. I mean, there's some other young players too that that are just players that that are even more special uh, than 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 uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's a special talent in his own right, but I'm just saying a lot of the younger players who don't have as many uh, struggles as far as they're good right from the get-go and you see more more, uh, more of that right out of the gate. Uh, but Sam Darnold still is, is on a rookie contract and uh, should be able to uh, be the starter uh, going forward. But that will also be up to Robert Sala, the Jets organization, their GM, every, everybody involved. Uh, Robert Sala, with being being the new coach, might want his his quarterback and in, in his tr- pick at quarterback. Uh, sometimes in sports, that that's a lot of, of the case where a coach or whatever the case may be may inherit uh, somebody, and they may they may keep that somebody, or they may want somebody else. They may want to to, to choose their own own player or or whatever the case may be as far as. Uh, if it's a coach uh, decision or anything else, but I'm just saying, speaking in a player uh, standpoint, they may just want to uh, pick their new quarterback or they may not want to pick a new quarterback right out of the gate, give Sam Darnold a chance, and then be able to address other team needs uh, with the mega salary cap that they have and, and everything. So it's reported from all the insiders in the NFL that it'll be a five-year deal. Uh, so definitely a very high commitment to the new coach and Robert Sala. Definitely a coach that brings a lot of energy, a lot of motivation, uh, a lot of juice uh, to to his players, the, the team. 
uh, that he has, and he'll now have the Jets team uh, to coach and to be the, the head of on uh, a coaching capacity. So that is uh, certainly exciting news for Jets fans. I know that the Jets have been uh, kind of struggling a little bit lately, so maybe maybe they'll start to uh, work with, with their new coach uh, as far as uh, the players and everybody involved. Uh, and the Jets fans being being behind the coaches and everybody and the players uh, being fans uh, to to build something uh, to to bring the Jets back to uh, being really good. I mean, the Jets have had some some struggling years. They just got off of having Adam Gase as being their head coach, uh, and they tried that experiment. He was an offensive guru coming in, but he had some. Uh, other uh, areas where where maybe the Jets didn't, didn't want him as far as retaining his contract. So they will have a lot on hand, a lot of resources. They have two of the, two picks in the first round and a bunch of other first round pick or bunch of other picks in general in the draft. So they definitely have a, a lot of a lot of resources on, on hand uh, in in terms of bringing uh, the Jets back uh, to to be hopefully for, for their sake, one, one of the better uh, powers in the AFC and then uh, in the uh, just NFL overall uh, speaking. So certainly a lot, a lot to uh, work uh, to be done as far as that goes and, and, and everything to get to that. But uh, the start at least is very promising. Uh, it should be promising. Robert Sala, it was reported by a lot of the insiders in the NFL is uh, one of the most coveted uh, coaches in, in the NFL. So uh, as far as being a head coach, uh, so we'll see how it plays out. I mean, there's also a lot of times where a team hires a coach or even a player from a player standpoint, you, you pick a coach or you pick a player and you think that they're going to be really good. And then they don't turn out as good as you want, but there's also some times where it turns out really well. So, Time will tell, and uh, on the surface, it seems like a, a very good move for the Jets, uh, but Robert Sala and everybody else, uh, a part of it, will need to move forward and, and uh, try and get to work and uh, mold the Jets uh, to hopefully, for their sake, a really good team. And also, uh, it's been reported by a lot of the insiders, uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN and a bunch of other uh, insiders that... Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, uh, will likely be brought in to be the offensive coordinator. So that's kind of a good start for uh, Robert Sala as far as he's more of a defensive mind. Not to say he doesn't know anything about offense. Of course he knows stuff about offense. But as far as having a bright, young offensive mind uh, that's very innovative, that should uh, help. Uh, and then he'll try and uh, get the rest of his staff is uh, set and uh, go forward uh, with, with everything that they got. And they'll go in the off season and then they will also have the draft and then they will have their first season uh, next year under Robert Sala. So that's kind of a look at that move. And then also another move in the NFL that isn't official yet, uh, but today it's been reported uh, by a lot of the insiders in the NFL, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and a bunch of other insiders that uh it sounds like the lions will hire dan quinn so the saints tight ends coach and assistant head coach uh 
under Sean Payton, uh, will likely uh, be the next head coach of the Lions. So it's, nothing's official yet, uh, but it sounds like uh, he has emerged as the favorite for that job. So the Lions uh, will get a high-spirited, motivated uh, coach uh, who is who's definitely been a part of different coaching searches for other teams. I believe last offseason when the – or not at last offseason, but the – few off seasons ago when the Packers were deciding on who to hire for their next head coach uh, before they decided on Matt LaFleur, which a lot of Packers, Packers fans, myself included, are very thankful for. Uh, but a lot of the talk as far as before the move was made for Matt LaFleur was for the Packers, and they did end up hiring or interviewing, I should say, Dan Campbell, uh, and they didn't hire him, but he's also been a part of uh, different coaching searches. So uh, that's also uh, very real, and and uh, he's been highly thought of in that regard, and now he should get his chance uh, to lead an NFL franchise. And he's been a former player. He's been a coach, so he kind of knows uh, both sides uh, as far as the player side, the coaching side, and uh, he'll, if he is uh, ultimately hired, he will look to uh, bring the Lions back to prominence. They haven't been in the playoffs recently. They've been kind of on hard times, uh, but we'll see. Uh, their first uh, step is hiring a head coach, and this one looks to be true. Uh, not official again, but uh, certainly looking like it. So, We'll have to see how that plays out, but a bunch of other uh, head coaching moves uh, are going to be made coming up. And typically right after the season is when a lot of the assistant coaches, whoever gets uh, named uh, or whoever gets eliminated is decided as far as that goes. So they're going to interview them and then they're going to want to hire them because they're going to want to hire them right away because they don't want other teams to hire them. So they want to pounce at the opportunity. So uh, when you want a candidate for a job uh, in any case, uh, but in the NFL case too, uh, for hiring, hiring a head coach, you certainly go do it. And then the last uh, head coaching move, Urban Meyer is making his return to the NFL. Uh, all the insiders from ESPN, NFL Network and everywhere else, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Tom Palacero, a bunch of others uh, reported that Urban Meyer will be making uh, the return to coach. And he's been a college coach. Now he will get a shot at the NFL. He has had some unfortunate health uh, reasons for not wanting to coach in the past, but now he kind of feels like he's up to it. And he seems like a guy that definitely always has the itch to coach. He's been an analyst on, I believe, Fox Sports before. So he certainly is is an analyst and and not anymore because he's a head coach, but he was an analyst. So he's, he's always been around the game and uh, what better way to uh, come back to, to the coaching world and give, give the NFL uh, game a chance. There's been a lot of college coaches who have been hired to be NFL coaches and it hasn't worked out. There has been some where it has. So we'll have to see kind of how that plays out, but I'm just going to say 
I kind of, I mean, I'm a Packer fan, as all you listeners know, but the Jaguars are on, on the AFC. So if the Jaguars meet the Packers, now this would be a few years down the road because the Jaguars still have some work to do to get back to being a, a really good team. But if they were to meet the Packers, it wouldn't be till the Super Bowl. And they wouldn't play the, the Jaguars a ton because there's a rotation. You go from division to division on the NFL uh, every year as far as playing games that are from the other conference, interconference games. So I'm kind of a little bit uh, wanting this this Urban Meyer ordeal to work because the Jaguars back a few years ago when they were in the AFC Championship, granted they didn't make the Super Bowl because Tom Brady beat them and got to the Super Bowl, but games are actually fun to watch from the Jaguar Stadium. Now this is back when they, were, they had fans and we didn't have COVID, but it was a really fun environment just just to watch uh, games when, when the Jaguars were, were on. And, uh, I mean, I'm a Packer fan first, but I've always been kind of a general fan of sports in, in every sport category I'm at for a fan. Uh, and also just kind of looking to see how other teams do and everything else. So games are fun uh, watching uh, from there. And they packed the stadium back when they had fans. So hopefully we can keep getting more and more uh, we're out of this pandemic and, and things clear up and we're back to complete normalcy and fans can be allowed in on uh, full capacities. Obviously probably a ways off from that, but we're working to get there. And uh, once fans are allowed in and if this Jaguars or deal works with Herbert Meyer, it's going to be really fun to, to kind of see, see that play out. And, and the Jaguars haven't been a premier power uh, in recent years in the NFL. So It'd be nice to see, in addition to the traditional teams that you see every year, a new team uh, kind of make it return to, to, to prominence and, and everything else. So that's kind of a look at the coaching moves. Uh, another move uh, reported by Adam Schefter of ESPN, every other insider in the NFL, is Arthur Smith, the OC offensive coordinator of the Titans, looks to be the Falcons head coach. Nothing official, but if that is the case, the Falcons should get a offensive first uh, young mind. So so that should be a, a pretty good move for them, but still a lot to play out there. Uh, but definitely one of the many uh, bright minds uh, in, in the coaching world uh, could be become becoming a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. And then there's a bunch of other moves uh, to be made uh, as far as uh, still some other uh, vacancies uh, to be filled in the NFL as far as teams that need a head coach. And a lot of this too is predicated on some teams are still in the playoffs and they still have coaches. So in the playoffs that are being interviewed by teams. So a lot of it is when this team is eliminated from the playoffs, whenever that is, then they'll be allowed to further the, further the process with, with uh, the process to hire the head coach. So, we will see how it plays out, but uh, certainly very entertaining this week uh, with the head coaching moves. And after this final break for another episode of Big A Sports Show, I will give a look ahead to the weekend in the divisional playoffs for NFL football. And that'll be up after this short audio break for another episode of Big A Sports Show.
Moving ahead and closing out another episode of Big A Sports Show. In the first portion, I talked about the Nets trade for James Harden, the big trade in the NBA this week. The second portion, I covered a little bit of the coaching carousel in the NFL. And in this final portion, I will be doing a look ahead to divisional playoff weekend uh, in the NFL. Um, the four games uh, on the NFL slate, uh, two per day, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. And uh, also be paying attention in, in addition to everything else I do for my, my podcast coming up before uh, the NFL weekend. I plan to do a, another episode uh, where I really dive deeper into the games with a special guest. So be paying attention for that. Uh, but without further ado, I do want to talk about the NFL games this weekend. So starting things off is the Packers from Lambeau Field hosting the L.A. Rams. And the Rams defeated the Seahawks to get to this point. The Packers had a first round bye. Uh, so the Packers haven't played since their last game of the season uh, for regular season uh, against the Chicago Bears. The game is at 3.35 p.m. Central Time on Fox, and it sounds like Jared Goff will be able to play. He's got a banged-up thumb uh, storyline heading into this game, Uh, but it sounds like uh, all systems will be a go for Jared Goff uh, to lead the Rams at quarterback, John Wolford, uh, one of the backups, uh, will be out uh, due to injury. It's been reported within the NFL media of that. Uh, and then certainly the, the big storyline uh, heading into this game is Devontae Adams against Jalen Ramsey, probably the number one wide receiver against arguably the number one corner. Uh, and that's a big, big deal uh, as far as that goes. Uh, and there will certainly be a lot of times during the game where those two will be matched up against each other. Uh, but a lot of the times, too, in the NFL, they scheme things where that's not always the matchup. And uh, there's different variables with, with the wide receiver sets, the defensive uh, packages, and everything else. So there will be times where they'll be covered uh, each other up, uh, but there's also be times uh, where the, they won't be uh, for based on the situation. So... That's uh, certainly something to be paying attention for. And then also the number one offense in the NFL in the regular season, the Green Bay Packers against the number one defense uh, in the Los Angeles Rams. So it'll be uh, a certainly good game in that fashion. And then also Sean McVay against Matt LaFleur, head coach matchups. They've, had links together uh, as far as being on the same staff in the past with the Rams uh, back uh, years ago uh, when they were on uh, those staffs uh, together and other coaching staff. So uh, they're, they're offensive mind and coaches. Uh, so it should be an interesting chess match uh, between those two. And then probably the biggest key for the Packers uh, heading into this one is to get off to an early lead and uh, put the Rams uh, in catch-up mode. But the Rams, too, also are in the playoffs for a reason. I mean, the Packers should win this game, but the Rams are certainly a pretty good team in their own right, and they've gotten to this place for a reason. I mean, the Packers should win the game, I would say, by 
maybe two scores, uh, but it might get closer than one, than what a lot of people think. And uh, it, it cer- cer- certainly could uh, turn out to be a nail biter at the end, uh, but we'll see what happens. Another thing in the game too, to be paying attention for is Cam Akers, the rookie running back for the Rams. He ran wild last week against Seattle and has been a pretty good uh, intriguing running back uh, for the Rams. And that's probably another key for the Packers is to make Jared Goff throw. It's going to be cold, as it always is, these parts of the year in Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. And certainly uh, that should be uh, a key to the game for the Packers as far as making uh, Jared Goff uh, throw and and kind of see how how that thumb's holding up. And Aaron Donald, too, has been on the injury report as well. Uh, It sounds like he'll be able to play, uh, but... He also has, I believe, a rib injury. So as the game wears on, maybe he, he won't be able to uh, last the whole game. I mean, I, I believe it's been reported by a lot of people in the NFL media that he's probably going to get uh, some some injection in, into that uh, injury. So we'll see how long that 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 wears or or if it it wears off after a while and, and uh they have to kind of maybe take him out of the game because of injury but Aaron Donald is one of the best def- defensive linemen in the game probably the best maybe one of the best de- defensive players altogether in the league so he's re- built really to I mean any defensive lineman any player for that matter in the NFL is built really well so I mean he's a strong player and uh he, he should be able to fight through it and uh, definitely is motivated to the playoffs. Obviously, he's going to try and play. Cooper Cup is another player for the Rams who's got an injury, and we'll see if he's going to play uh, and then a few other injuries to, to take note of. But uh, it should be a good game. Uh, the Packers should win again uh, in, in advance. They're the number one seed for a reason. They're playing at home for a reason. There's going to be uh, limited fans uh, allowed uh, at Lambeau Field, so that, that should be another factor too. And just – seeing how a team that's from a warm weather climate will be able to hold up uh, coming to a cold weather climate. uh, And uh, just that in and of itself uh, will be another factor as well. So that's a look at that game. And then the Ravens and the Bills are another game that's uh, coming up this weekend, 7.15 p.m. Central Time. And that game uh, will be on NBC. Uh, So this one, I think it'll be close. uh, And... The Bills, I mean, are a legitimate team, uh, had a really good season. Josh Allen is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, a young player, very talented. And Lamar Jackson, though, is is also the same player. I mean, he's he's young, talented, very good. Uh, both players have different strong suits. Lamar can run it really well. Josh Allen can run it really well as well. Uh, but Josh Allen can throw it probably farther than Lamar. Lamar is more of a short area thrower. I mean, he can throw it deep, but uh, he more likely will throw it short uh, more times than not. Uh, And it should be an interesting matchup. Don Wink Martindale, uh, defensive coordinator for the Rams, going against Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills. That should be an interesting chess match. And then everything else uh, layered on on top of it uh, as far as the Bills being very legitimate and seeing if they can continue on through the playoffs, can advance to the AFC championship, or if the Ravens 
uh, kind of plays spoiler in the playoffs and, and, and continued to be the one of the many hot teams in the playoffs at the right time. So it'll be interesting. But my pick for that game, right now I'm going to go with the Bills. I think that they'll edge out the Ravens, but I think it'd be a very close game. I could see the Ravens winning too, uh, but that's kind of a breakdown of that game early on. And then the Browns-Chiefs, this one should be a good one too. Uh, Sunday, 2.05, that one uh, is scheduled to be on CBS. So the Browns are on a roll. They're playing really well. They just beat the Steelers last round. The Chiefs are on a first round. By, I mean, they were uh, last week, and they're the, they're the number one seed uh, defending champs uh, for the Super Bowl in the NFL. So they're a power in, in and of itself. Uh, but the route, but the Browns uh, are getting hot at the right time, and a lot of times in the playoffs is you get hot, you have their momentum at the right time, and we'll see if the Chiefs are able to come out and play like the Chiefs, like we all know the Chiefs to be with Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Everybody else on their offense, Travis Kelsey, and, and be one of the best offenses they've always been, or if they're maybe a little rusty. Uh, but also, I will say Andy Reid has had well-documented su- success off of a bye, so that could be uh, troubling for the Browns. Uh, but we'll have to see how it plays out. The Browns have a very good run game with Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield's playing really well. Jarvis Landry's playing well. They have a bunch of other players. Good offense. Uh and uh, certainly we'll get Kevin Stefanski back, who had COVID last week. So it's good to see him back and healthy. He'll be able to coach this game. And uh, he'll be coaching against Andy Reid for the Chiefs. Uh, so that'd be a good one. I think the Chiefs will win, but I think it'll be closer uh, than a lot of people think. And the Browns, uh, if they're able to keep playing really well and playing the, like the hot team they've been lately, they should give the Chiefs some trouble. But the Chiefs also are playing at Arrowhead Stadium, a tough place to play. And uh, it should be a, an interesting matchup. And then the last game, the Buccaneers and the Saints. Uh, so that one, 5.40 p.m. Central Time uh, on Fox. Brady versus Breeze and uh, everything else that goes into that game. So the Saints beat the Bears last week. The Buccaneers beat the Washington football team last week to get to this point. And uh, it should be a good matchup. I mean, the Saints are the number one team in the NFC for a reason. But the Buccaneers much like the Browns are playing really well right now. They are having a great amount of momentum, uh, are catching fire at the right time as, as far as being a hot team, another hot team. And uh, Brady and most notably Antonio Brown are really starting to click and uh, everything that goes with that. So it should be a good game. I think it'd be close. I think at this moment, I'm going to pick the Buccaneers uh, to beat the Saints. I just think although the Saints have a very good offense with Kamara and Michael Thomas, I think that the Buccaneers maybe have a little bit more of a deeper offense as far as they have Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Braid, Leonard Fournette, uh, a few other running backs too that they have. Uh, Probably a deeper offense uh, than the Saints as far as uh, notable household names uh, that everybody knows. But the Saints still, like I mentioned, uh, pretty good offense on their own right as well. So it'll be a pretty good battle uh, between Bruce Arians and, and Sean Payton. And I think a big determining factor is which defense will play better. I mean, the Buccaneers have shown uh, to play good defense, uh, especially early this past uh, NFL regular season. We'll look to see if they 
continue or if they get back to playing that well, or if the Saints give them some fits. And the Saints, too, have a good defense in their own right. So I think that would probably be one of the biggest factors is what defense plays better and what defense uh, is more capable to limit the opposing offense. So that's an early look at the games. And then I will also have a, another episode. I plan on having one with a deeper dive into the playoff games this weekend, big weekend in the NFL. Last weekend was Super Wild Card Weekend was very good, uh, and it's going to get even better. I mean, you get farther and farther in the playoffs, and, and the best teams out of still some very good teams who got eliminated, but the best of the best advance, advance, advance farther in, and then you get even better games than what you already had in the playoffs. So should be very intriguing. Uh, a lot of Eyeballs will, will be on the game. Uh, a lot of uh, people will be watching. A lot of also listening ears, too, on, if you're watch, listening on a radio broadcast of the game. Uh, however you're consuming it uh, within uh, the NFL for, for TV or radio or, or however uh, it goes, uh, it should be a, a very entertaining weekend. And uh, definitely hope for the best uh, for primarily the Packers as far as that's the team I want to win the most, uh, but hopefully uh, for the other games, I always say if it's not dealing with, with my favorite team, I always hopefully want it to be a close game, uh, competitive towards the end, and you should get it. Uh, I mean, these teams are in the playoffs for a reason uh, and all that. So that's a look at that. And then also before I wrap up this episode of my podcast, I do want to give a quick update on the Milwaukee Bucks. So they play tonight from Pfizer Forum. They're eight and four. Uh, they've really played well recently, had a good homestand, uh, played well uh, early on uh, as far as uh, being on the road lately uh, with their recent road trip. So they're uh, doing really well. They'll, they'll uh, play host to Luka Doncic in company with the Mavericks. So it should be a pretty good game tonight at 630. Uh, and the Bucks uh, hopefully will continue to do good things uh, as they keep progressing through their season. And then also the Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball team, they're 10 and three. Uh, they just got off a loss, unfortunately to the Michigan Wolverines, uh, but they will play at a very tough place to play as they call it in college sports, the Iraq, the home of the Rutgers. Uh, I believe their nicknames are Scarlet Knights. Uh, so they are seven and four. So should, should be a pretty good game. Badgers ranked ninth Rutgers unranked, but still a very good team, uh, as it is in the NCAA, uh, especially the big 10, uh, one of the many power five conferences, uh, who are even more competitive, uh, than other conferences. I mean, all conferences are, are competitive to a point, but the big 10 is ultra competitive and a lot of upsets happen and everything else involved. So. Those should be good uh, matchups, and then the weekend will be a break for those uh, teams, and then the Bucs uh, will return on Monday against the Nets, and then the Badgers play later on in next week. So that's an update there. So that'll about do it, though, for another edition of Big A Sports Show, and thank you for all the listening support so far. The traction on my show as far as consistent listenership has been great. I look forward to getting even better. And I look forward to grow this podcast as much as possible. And uh, certainly, if you want to let your family know about it, if you want to let your friends know about it, whoever, uh, to 
to get on the the listening uh, train, so to speak, of, of Big A Sports Show, I certainly appreciate it. And uh, it's one of the many things I like to do uh, as a fun thing to do on the side that's fun for me. Uh, I always love talking sports. So thank you all. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy everything in the sports world. And I will talk with you all again very soon. Again, another edition of Big A Sports Show. I'm your host, Adam Van Handel. And it's available anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend.